Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Conservative. What I don't like about Washington is they're very nice to your face, and then they take a shiv or a machete, and they stab it in your back. I'm a Wall Street guy, and I'm more of a front-stabbing person, and, and I'd rather tell people directly how I feel about them. Nobody talk about politics, like... Don't say anything, you know. A marriage that's been through it all. She has filed for divorce over his naked political ambition. These are the views of a couple in love. A couple with children. A couple with differing opinions and perspectives. A couple that survives. He's kind of like an impetuous guy. In, in many ways, that's great. In some ways, it's tough when you're married. What leads them back to each other? Communication, conversation, and a realistic outlook on the world we live in. Your hosts, Anthony and Deirdre Scaramucci. This is Mooch and the Misses. Mooch. Yes, I'm here, baby. Okay. I'm, I'm not in a bathroom in Bahrain flushing the toilet. I'm not uh, getting snarked at by you, Snippy. You're not snippy. yet. You were Snippy. Not yet. I wasn't snippy. I was I nice. Thought, I, thought, just, I thought you were snippy. No. You just yeah. couldn't see me. Where It's hard to catch the vibe when you're not in the same room. Okay. That's all. Is is uh, is the summer started yet or no? Mm-hmm. Has it started? Yeah. Okay, I feel like it hasn't for me. I got to get summarized. Well, tomorrow. No underwear, no okay. thong. What is okay. that? That's the no underwear, no thong. Yeah, what is, where did that even come from, the no underwear, no thong? I don't even know where it's it came from. It's hysterical. Play it You again. are in it Italy. Right. No underwear, no thong. Well, well my, 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 you're asking my Deirdre under, if she still loves you. Oh, I was, I asked her, was under, even though I had no underwear and no thong on? Is that yes. what I was saying? Well, I do I, have when, a mankini that I may sport for people. Class. It depends on what happens. Get some class. Get some class. I'm a, no, now when we're I driving, stole, I just I say, no underwear, that, no thong. I, I was told by somebody I was a parvenu. And so I had a look at them and I was like, okay, I don't know if you know what that means, but I'm going to not think that it's a compliment just by the way the guy's attitude was. You ever look up parvenu? It's not good. How do you spell parvenu? P-A-R-V. E N U. It's not good. It means somebody that was very dirt poor, became rich, and has no class. Oh. And by the way, oh, you're agreeing with the son of a bitch. Makes sense. Jesus Christ! You can go and stick your head in up an ostrich's ass. (laughs) Oh my God! Oh man, this is a rough podcast for married Scaramucci's. Okay, that happen to have little pichadellis. Oh my God! Do you know what a pichadelli is? Well, yeah. What is a it's pichadelli? A, it's an invented word by you that you think it's no, Italian. No, a pichadelli is like a slang Italian word for a little pee-pee. Yeah, I know. Okay. But when you All ask right, a real have, Italian, they're when like, you have out, When you have outdoor plumbing in the Scaramucci family, you get hit with a cheese grater by Deirdre Scaramucci if your name is Anthony Scaramucci. But right. if you're Nick or James Scaramucci, oh my God, you get put up on a pedestal and you got little flowers around you and <laughs> everything is perfect and... Uh, you know, little Nick gets to sleep in the bed, and you know, you know, I'm halfway off the bed. I mean, it's unbelievable. I need an aircraft carrier right now to sleep in. Why? Because you always got Nick in the bed with his foot in my mouth. Oh, I thought you were talking about because you felt fat. 
Oh, now we're going to my weight now? No, we're gonna attack me on you the are complaining. Now? Okay, let's get I'm to the news. I'm complaining. I'm busting out of my news. shirt, and it's let's not in a good way. News. Okay, it's marinating. It's a bit. It's a bit. It's a bit. It's a bit. Neil, you're going to get fucking... No, before these, this is over, you're going to get fucking these fired. These sound bites no, are the best. Neil like a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, I fucking want to fire Neil badly. These okay. sound bites are life. Okay. Okay, so let's talk You're about... giving me life right let's now. Let's talk about our special guest, Matt Sherman. Uh, the Shermanator. Former, former senior... Blah, blah, blah. Former senior advisor... Anthony's so smart, but he can't read the off U.S. Paper. Department of State that? and Defense. I'm not good at reading no. teleprompter. I've never really been good. That's why, that's, what, that's why I'm very like... Thanks for coming. Okay, but you own a, 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 a company now called Strategic Systems Group. Uh, you've been involved in U.S. foreign affairs two decades, Matt. How long? Yeah, I've been involved in for a long time. I was deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan for nearly a decade. Okay, so tell range. tell podcast listeners of Mooch and the Misses how you and I met. So we met in Afghanistan, in Kabul, Afghanistan in 2015. And uh, you were out there with uh, the Ben's group, which is Business Executives for National Security, with uh, two or three other members and, and the uh, head of the uh, organization. And... Um, I didn't know who you were at all, and we just had a great conversation, a real thoughtful discussion on Afghanistan, where it was, and what we were trying to do there, and I think we just hit it off and have stayed in touch ever since. Yeah, it was one of the more fascinating trips of my life, and also uh, uh, you you worked as the general counsel for General John Campbell, who's four-star general, uh, who was running Operation Resolute- Resolute Support. Support. Right. And who's running it now? Um, right now, it's uh, Scotty Miller, Scotty, who's got yeah, Special General, Forces uh, yep, yep, background. General, yep. I know, and he's I been know out General Miller. And so uh, why don't you tell us, uh, well, first of all, 30 seconds on that. I was scared shit in Afghanistan. Okay, so, <laughs> you were in good hands. Okay. I, I was in good hands, and you guys captured us from the airport. I took a commercial flight into Afghanistan, Kabul. There were Army Rangers waiting for us on the tarmac. Right. And they coptered us over to the U.S. Embassy and where the NATO headquarters was. Right. And then General Campbell told us that uh, you're not driving around anywhere because there's too many IEDs and too many bombs and so forth. I could feel my sphincter just like going (laughs) like this, like like that. Okay. And then, um, and this is a very embarrassing story, but it's meaningful in one way. You guys told me there's a siren. If the siren goes off, I got seven minutes to get into the bomb shelter. Right. And and one night I'm in the little barracks that you put me in. I go, beep, beep. I got completely scared shit. I'm not embarrassed. Admit it. I put my pants on. No, you I'm slept running. in your. No, pants. no, no, no. I was. Didn't you no, I slept in my pants in Iraq. Oh, okay. I, I thought right. in some ways it felt safer after looking at General Campbell. I felt a little safer with him. Oh, okay. Because you know, in Iraq, you know, we were like six miles. We were in the green right. zone. We were six miles away from the NATO guys. Were so I was like, okay, this is a disaster, but. The base in uh, Afghanistan is right downtown. Yeah, it's right right on top of each other. So I felt safer in Afghanistan with you guys. But anyway, the beep is going off. I put my pants back on. I'm running. I'm running down that corridor. Remember the corridor? <laughs> yep. And there's like some 25-year-old like army sergeant. He's like, what are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing, sir? Are you okay? I'm like, yeah. I mean, there was a beeping sound. I said, where's the bomb shelter? Okay. Because what beeping sound? So like, what are you talking about? the battery in your fire alarm, it right? It was the battery in my smoke detector. That is a tool of tools, okay? But I'm not embarrassed. No under- Better safe than sorry. But I got to tell you why no I like telling that story to the public <laughs> is that I was probably 50 at the time, 51, mm-hmm. a grown man, uh, had been in war zones before, and I just want people to just think about the 20-year-old, the 18-year-old, the Absolutely. 19-year-old that's not with the general 
at the NATO headquarters, but he's on the front lines in Gambiri or he's mm-hmm. at a forward operating base near the Torbor Mountain Range or yep. something like that. And so my heart always goes out to the troops, particularly on holidays Absolutely. like and, the one coming up. And there were there were many remote uh, – I remember going to one called uh, OP Mace, which is right on the Pakistan border. And one of my favorite things to do um, when I was working both in Iraq and Afghanistan – was going to as many far uh, bases as possible during Thanksgiving mm-hmm. because you're really able to share that. Also, being able to do that on July 4th was fantastic. Yeah, those are two big um, American And because and you, you just are able to share that national holiday, share those bits from home. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's something that I'll always treasure. And, uh, but OP Mays was right on the, the, uh, the border with Pakistan, and you're literally looking down. And the guys, and I went, I went uh, on some patrols with them, it took about – Two hours to get down and five hours to get up, just whether for every single patrol they did, and uh, you're always impressed with everything they do day in and day out, and that's what that sort of environment brings out to you. It brings out the best, I think, in a lot of these these no men question. and women, no and yeah, um, you, you have a you sense of with these of camaraderie and a sense of uh, of mission and purpose that I, I wish actually more Americans would be able to uh, appreciate and understand. I know. I was thinking. I well, I thought of you, Neil, because I was driving home. From the Hamptons last night, and I was listening to Billy Joel and "Good Night Saigon" came on, and that song always makes me think of, you know, the men and women fighting. And I also happened to meet somebody yesterday who had lost her son in December to PTSD, mm-hmm. um, and he was in the army. And so the whole thing, I was just thinking of of everybody, especially because of Fourth of July. Absolutely. And I just don't. I don't think people are aware, or they don't think enough about the sacrifice. I mean, it's a huge sacrifice. To be away from your family and be young. Like, I always think we have two sons, five, four sons total. If one of them was away, you know, deployed, I'd be like a nervous wreck every minute of my life. It's it's a humongous sacrifice. So I hope everybody stops and thinks about so, it. But two battle zones for Matt, right? I mean, yeah. you were in Iraq. How many yeah. years it were you in Iraq? It has to be weird spe- to come back and, and be in, like, real civilian life right? absolutely i mean that was one of the so i spent four years in iraq just mm-hmm. shy of four years and i spent uh, six years in afghanistan and um and so what i would do is i mean i quit my job as a lawyer to go do initially a six-month assignment out in iraq and uh i was not in government and and this is back during the early days of iraq and i i left to do um this this one assignment not knowing that it would then lead to 10 years, to 10 years. yeah and um for those six months, I ended up staying there for just about over two years, um, um, working embedded in a Iraqi ministry, the Ministry of Interior, which handles internal security, police matters. And it allowed me to interact with with other uh, U.S. State Department officials, DOD civilians, military, um, and the Iraqis. And um, I was right in the middle of a lot of uh, a lot of things where you had a sense of mission and purpose that, again, you don't have. Mm-hmm. And when I finished that up, I came back, you definitely are missing that, that sense of direction and that you're in the middle of something. You might, it, it's maddening at times, uh, pretty much all the time, but you definitely feel like you're part. And, and, and the people there, not only the so- soldiers, but also civilians, and also the Iraqis or Afghans that you're working with, you're all kind of behind a common effort. And you come back and you're, you're missing that. Yeah. And it led to then me going back and staying longer. And I then, you know, returned back to the States and some other um, military official would ask me to come out and help them. And I'd do it. And uh, um, but back in uh, 16, in March of 16, uh, General Campbell was getting ready to leave. And, and I decided I'll leave 
with him will leave together. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, when I left, I got out of government. And um, good for you. It's been it's been a great three years <laughs> since Anthony. then. But it's it's also got something I look back on all the time. And uh, all the people that I've I've worked with in both of those conflicts, you you think back and them, you always have a shared sense of purpose that you, you see, my, uh, my, always be proud of. My my wife's taking a shot, but down deep, she loves the country so much. She admires the service. And oh, the no, I okay, totally you know, do. You know, you know what I'm saying? So she's taking Trust a shot at me. me. So, but I'm like the, you know, Stunad, which is like a little bit naive. Like I thought I was going to go into the government and help. <laughs> I didn't, you, you were in a very interesting situation and Matt's never going to say this to you, anybody, but I'm going to say it. Um, the troop levels were coming down in Iraq, uh, led to some spikes in violence, led to the rise of the resistance and ISIS and ultimately the migration problem in, yep. into Europe. And General Campbell and Matt worked very, very hard with the former administration to demonstrate the need to keep troop support levels at a certain level in Afghanistan, which thankfully Ambassador Rice and President Obama and others agreed to. And so, um, you know, this is an unsung value add, which has led to peace and stability and a reduction of terror worldwide. That's Matt Sherman. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I got to give you uh, huge kudos for that because it's not a battleground at a forward operating base in a uniform, but it was a strategic thing that needed to get done. And you and General Campbell felt very strongly about it. And given what happened in a, a, a Iraq yep. and what happened to the migration crisis and ISIS, you guys really did a good job. And let me just add one more piece of evidence to that. Now, General Mattis, uh, when he joined the Trump administration as the Secretary of Defense, added troops to Afghanistan. Now, did those troops stay or, or are they de- back down to 9,000? They've reduced, I believe, back to around the 10,000. Right, right, the 9,000. Yep. And that seems to be the stability number for Afghanistan. So the real unfortunate thing for the United States is we're battling terrorism and we want to reduce civilian injury and civilian death to terrorists here in the homeland. We need people like Matt Sherman. Well, the challenge, the challenge we had was how do you deal, how do you try transitioning that, but then also try to mitigate against these transnational terrorist threats that have emanated from that part of the world for for generations. And that's the challenge you have. It's like I think a that's a daunting the challenge. task. I'm sorry? It's a huge daunting task. Absolutely. And that's when the When I think challenge. about it, I'm like, oh my God, how could we ever solve that? It's like, a, it's a it's a big job. And it's a big challenge that I think the current administration has. And they're, they have peace talks that are going on right now. And I think uh, I heard that Secretary Pompeo put a, put a deadline of trying to reach an agreement by 1 September. Um, and so they're pushing to kind of have some sort of arrangement there so that you can draw down the troops any, even more, but come to an arrangement so that these these terrorist organizations don't threaten the homeland. Because mm-hmm. the big point is that you'd rather be able to fight them there than have them come to the come Right. To the Once they infiltrate, the forget it. And that's, and that's a constant challenge I have. And I think President Trump is is looking at that very hard right now, and I know a lot of people are looking at that very hard. And how do you find that balance, and particularly against uh, the enemies we have there? So I, I, there's part of me that wishes that I was there, but there's also part of me that's glad that I've been able to kind of take a step back and enjoy uh, enjoy things. You need to give your brain a rest. Amen. amen. You know? Did you have any PTSD coming out of there? No, I don't. I don't know. I, I at least I was never diagnosed with anything. Again, the big the thing that I missed most of all was the camaraderie. Um, and uh, you know, I, I what was interesting was that when I when I was over there, my my parents supported me, and I'd, my family supported me, which was so very important. And particularly that I was out there, my mom, just as you were saying, you know, if you had a had had one of your children out there, yeah. 
Oh, um, forget, forget it. Right. And and so she probably worried every day for 10 years. So back when I was in Iraq initially, um, we were given these cell phones with a U.S. cell number. It was like a 914 New York cell yeah. number. And so my mom, anytime she like saw something on the news, she would be calling me up and all Aww. this other stuff. And there have been certain situations where I was actually in a in a difficult sort of situation, a difficult uh, security matter. And I was like, Ma, I got I got to give you. And she's like, Is there something going on back there? I go, Mom, it's okay. I'll I'll, I'll make sure to give you a call back later. Yep. Everything's fine. Yeah. Um, but even though you know she did call up at, at sometimes that weren't opportune, it was always nice to know that she was right there and that and that gave her. Peace of mind and peace of heart. Yeah. Imagine your mom, man. She would have oh called you every two minutes. Oh, my God. I didn't tell my mother I went to Afghanistan. <laughs> I told her I was going to Europe for a trip because I didn't want her to know I was in Afghanistan with you, Matt. But, you know, Ma, I... where do you think I learned it from? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> right. The cursing, right? That's what I see, like, dropping, like, you know, sound bites in. But, well, look, you you know, you guys taught me a lot, though. I probably asked too many questions, right? I was asking no, one I, question after the next, but I really wanted of, to understand what was going on. One of the reasons why I think on, we you know? connected... And why General Campbell connected is because you're asking thoughtful, constructive questions. You wanted to learn. And mm-hmm. and I have all the time in the day for that. Um, I'm also constantly learning and, and trying to get different opinions. And I think that's what that's what. But what I love about you, you were giving it to me in a nonpartisan way. Yeah. Okay, When you're at war and you're representing the United States it's about government. about the country, let's not, not about party. Let's knock out the partisanship. Right. Okay? I yeah. mean, I is there partisanship to know, over there? No, no, you, no, no. Like, particularly that's not nothing. Even a thing, but, but the policies right? could be partisan. I mean, the policies could be. You know, I mean, I mean, again, I'm not being critical of the Obama administration. I'm just being observant. They reduced the troops. I think they wanted to end that war. Right. But I think the problem was the Pentagon was saying if you reduce the troops too much, you could trigger the events of ISIS and the migration issue. Right. And so again, look, I mean, you can't. One thing I have learned being this close to the action. I don't criticize anybody anymore because I know these situations are it's, it's between a really bad decision and a uh, really better decision right. and you're like oh my god so I'm not, I'm just being observant and I just think that uh in a situation like that forget the politics you got to do the right thing for those troops and for the United States and whatever remains Well that's our the thing I think Obama was trying to do something like bring the boys and girls home. No question. And, um, no question. You know, but that also, like you said, it's like a tripwire. To... I I like this woman Tulsi Gabbard for that reason. She's a veteran and she's Isn't trying it to. Gabbard? She spoke at salt. Gabbard. Gabbard. She spoke at salt. Did you see her speak? Yeah, I did. Yep. Yeah, I was impressed yep. with her. Were yep. you impressed with her? Yeah, I, I introduced she, her. She definitely raised she's a number of issues. That, again, are thought provoking. Yeah, she's very smart. Yeah. So 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 for me, uh, let's switch gears for a, a second. I want your take on a few things. Okay, sure. given your life experience and war times and so forth. What do you think of the whole North Korean situation? What is your take on the president um, going into North Korea, mm-hmm. meeting uh, with the North Korean dictator? At little the Rocket Man. Uh, little Rocket Man. What is your take on all that? I, I think it was something that was needed at this part of the uh, of the of the negotiation or the talks of the relationship. Um, you know, we had we had the uh, the talks going on in Vietnam a few months ago that then that then um, fell apart for a host of a host of reasons. And they needed to be jump started again. And I think, you know, doing that sort of uh, of overture played right into Trump's strengths with being able to do that, with being able to to amp up the, the symbolism, and then hopefully being able then to to bring the parties together to uh, to continue those talks. Because there's a lot of a lot of uh, difficulties that are going on. But then again. There's also, you know, a reduction of tests that uh, the North Koreans are doing right now. And you hope that this can lead to something constructive, knowing that it's going to be very difficult. It's going to continue to have 
have uh, go off the rails at times, but kind of remaining focused on this. And uh, so the you fact like it. there's a lot of eggheads in the foreign policy establishment mm-hmm. and in the military establishment that don't like it. He's rewarding a dictator. Right. He's rewarding a rogue, murderous state that killed 30 million of their people in famine. There's been a 30-year strategy for other presidents not to meet with people from North Korea, and the North Koreans have always wanted to meet with American presidents to raise their standing yep. from a propaganda basis. And you say what? I say that you know, being president of the United States. Part of the job is engaging with people and dictators who don't share our values. And you've got to be able to kind of put the hand out in order to do that. And you've seen every president, virtually every president, do that. Obama did that with, uh, with, uh, with Cuba. Um, he did that with uh, Mubarak in, uh, in Egypt. You saw um, Clinton try to have talks with, uh, with the North Koreans as well, mm-hmm. not meeting the, the dictator at the time, but definitely outreach also in the, order to do know, it. the Serbian situation. Right. You saw Nixon do it. You've seen, you've seen um, Reagan and Gorbachev do it. So you've seen these things. And these are high risk, and they do become very political. But you have to look at the larger geostrategic matters at, and, and look past all those. But you like it. Absolutely. I, okay, I, see, I, I, I'm a big, see, I, I, I love it. I think just because you meet yeah. with somebody doesn't mean you condone or agree with anything they do. That's the thing that I always try to explain to people when I'm talking to them about it. Just because you sit down with somebody, it's not like, you know, you're giving them your blessing on how they act. No. It's, she sits down with me and disagrees with everything. Uh, yeah, I exactly. Do. I mean, yeah. I married you and I think everything you do is <laughs> nutsy cuckoo. So sleeping with the enemy. You yeah, know? Exactly. And, but so but that's my life based. story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I'm just joking. Sherman, <laughs> I mean you're you have a penis. I just wanna let you know. You're supposed to team up with me, up. okay? Yeah, when she brings people in with indoor plumbing, you know what no I mean? Collusion. But I do. <laughs> but I mean, when I was in Iraq and Afghanistan, I met with uh, with uh, people on the on the enemy side, and um, you do that in order to again. Pre- Trump's big into personal relationships, and I did it in order to kind of gain an understanding of where they're coming from right. and what's their history, what's their perspective. You know, Ryan Crocker, who's at, at Salt um, a few months a few uh, months ago, mm-hmm. talked about well, the tell people who Ryan is. Uh, Ambassador yeah. Crocker, yeah. Ambassador Crocker yeah. was uh, ambassador. Um, he's an ambassador extraordinaire. He was in Iraq when I was there. He was in Afghanistan. He was in uh, um, Jordan and a whole host of, of very Pakistan problematic areas. And one of his great great uh, truisms is you've got to engage with them. You need to understand their sense of history if you're ever going to try and tangle or or, or um, engage with them in a constructive yeah. way. Right. And so this is this is definitely Trump's way of trying to do that. And um, it's something that no other president has done. I think this has been such an intractable problem for, for decades that you've got to try something different. And this is his way of doing something different. And yep, I think it's I, at least constructive at this point. I believe so, and too. And so what do you think happens? What I mean, I know no well, one knows, but it's what like, do you think happens? Does anything really you think, you get think, done? I don't know. If I'm the North Koreans, I'm not giving up nukes. Uh, Gaddafi gave up nukes, dead. Right. They thought Saddam Hussein had nukes, but dead. Um, anytime you go, the Ukrainians gave up the nukes, uh, the Russians took Crimea. And so, I think that I think there's there's definitely end goals that you want to reach towards, but there are definitely intermittent steps that you should should pursue with being able to halt testing, which is reduced quite significantly with being able to halt enrichment of, of uranium, with being able to cut back on, on stockpiles. And we have the leverage of with the sanctions that are going on there and and still the international community very engaged with trying to do, denuclearize um, North Korea. So I, it's going to be a long, painful um, negotiation, but it's, it's a worthy effort. And mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad that we're engaged with them. And, and it was good to see then Secretary Pompeo in that meeting with with uh, 
President Trump, and I think he'll be taking the lead effort in trying to move right. At least you know there's like a backup man there. Yeah, Um, someone drops the ball. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Do you think that, have you been following this thing with uh, Ivanka Trump? And no, the criticisms I that she's been too involved. Do you think that that's a big too deal? Too involved. With what? To involve where she's the with president's the daughter, but she's oh. like inside the conversation with Christine Gabbard, Gabbard and President Macron. Does that bother you? It doesn't bother me. I don't understand what the big deal is, but just wonder if you had a different I, take as a, I a governmental official. No, I haven't I haven't seen it, but I also – this is not just this issue, but a whole host of issues. Why do we get involved in – in small matters, when mm-hmm. there are bigger things that kind oh, of oh, and there's so on. many things and to focus on. It's it's frustrating, and and um, I, I just wish that we would we would look on more of wider national interests. Your 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 vantage point. What are you worried about related to Iran? Your vantage point. My vantage point. Now, I had to deal with Iranian actions when I was in, uh, particularly when I was in Iraq, and so I understand the threats that they pose, um, and they are very formidable. Uh, foe. Um, And when they get in a certain area, they never let go. And I think, you know, we have to look at the longer term of what their wider objectives are. And if you look at how they've expanded throughout the the Middle Eastern region, it's very problematic. And this is is with the nuclear agreement to the side. and that they're they're not going to stop in that in that way. And so how do you deal with that in a constructive way? Um, I thought the 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 JCPOA, which was the Joint Comprehensive uh, Iranian Agreement, you know, attempted to get at part of that, but it didn't address all of it. And the, the real concern that I have is that it didn't um, it didn't eliminate the nuclear threat fifteen years from now. That they can go back and they could do that, and that's a true that's a that's a, a threat that the entire so, world so should be ripping about. ripping up the deal, good or bad, by the president. I think. I think it potentially can be very good. Um, it definitely is high risk, certainly very high risk. Um, but the, I think you have an opportunity here that if they're able to build upon the JCPOA in ways that kind of limit their ICBM uh, capabilities, that allow there to be inspections, even more facilities and military facilities, and have this arrangement be in place indefinitely, not to have a sunset clause that you'll be able to get it through the U.S. treaty process, which requires Senate approval, where both Republicans and Democrats could come together and put that in place so it can't just be it can't just be uh, discontinued by whatever administration comes about right. in the future. So there's a great potential upside here, high risk most definitely. But again, I think it's another important, valuable effort for us to work towards. You what? worried about Iran? I'm worried about everything. I think about everything. I was driving through the Midtown Tunnel and I was thinking, why wouldn't today be the day that someone would blow up this tunnel or something? See, that's the like, that's what I think about all the time. Absolutely. You know? that's it has. Shopping malls, That's so ridiculous, risk. but I'm just being honest. Well, that was a, that was a mean, concern that we well, had. Let's ask Matt, the low, lower risk for terrorist incidents in the U.S. at this point or still high risk? 
The fact that it can proliferate and anyone can carry certain out attacks, it's definitely at the it's forefront of, our, of, of my mm-hmm. mind. And Plus, when it's too quiet, I think nothing has happened here in the recent past, so I feel like we're due. You know, like, well, yeah, unfortunately, I, I think also knowing some of the capabilities that we've put in place, some of the efforts that we've done to try again to mitigate being it, able to you know. deal with those threats where they originate. Yeah, have been truly, truly phenomenal. Um, what we've been able to do to dismantle Al Qaeda, I think, has been absolutely fantastic. Um, I always hope that that's real, though. You know, when I and from you, obviously, I know it's real. But when you hear it on like a news outlet or something, yeah. you wonder or if the president says we've. We've gotten rid of X Y Z amount of you know threat in X Y Z part of the world. I always think, is that real? Is that a real number? Like, do, how do they quantify or know what they've done? Like, how do they know? Because there's always somebody somewhere who could be doing something that we don't know about. Yeah, I mean uh, that's a crazy way to live. You can't think like that. You but. can't. You, you try not to think like that. Having said that, the soldiers and civilians that were in Iraq and elsewhere dealt with that every day. And that was something I th- – I mean, when you saw the certain types of capabilities that particularly the Iranians had in Iraq when I was there in 04, 05, 06, 07, um, there were these these bombs that they created called EFPs, um, explosive form penetrators, which were able to just decimated Humvees left and right. And it was one of the, the, the most uh, – significant pieces of weaponry that was used against us. And the Iranians were the ones that did that. Mm-hmm. I've I saw them when they uh, attempted to kidnap four U.S. soldiers down in Karbala in, 2000, in 2007, beginning in 2007, and trying to take them, we believe, take them to Iran to be used as, as pawns in negotiations, and ended up just, and they were all tied in the back of a truck, and ended up just being, being shot in the head and, and killed. And so you yeah. see these certain types of tactics and behavior, mm. and that's the sort of enemy that we that that I dealt with when I was in Iraq. And you also kind of have an understanding of then the certain types of, of personalities that you're now dealing with when you're trying to have a negotiation with yeah, them. And ruthless, it's very, very difficult. Ruthless. And this is why yeah. it's important for us not to kind of nitpick over over small things when they're, again, they're much larger, more important Agreed. things that are confronting Agreed. the country. I always think that... I mean, I sound like a tree hugger and everything, but I always think that like when I'm driving behind a garbage truck or something like that, I'm like, oh, my God, where is all this garbage going and all this plastic going? And, you know, I see like buildings going up with tons of construction and stuff and it's just like being thrown in a dumpster. And I'm like, are we even going to have a like, place to live in a few years? I don't know. The earth might be completely gone. So we could be talking about Ivanka and her advice to her dad. But I mean, anyway, are we even going to be here? I like Ivanka. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I think it's unfair is what I was saying. Yeah. I mean, well, by the way, she's very intelligent. And, and, you know, Jared is actually, in my opinion, having gone to the Bahrain conference, mm-hmm. read through the whole plan, he's a very intelligent, very capable guy. He's actually, it's a weird thing. He probably wouldn't have the job if he wasn't related to the president, yeah. didn't work on the campaign. I think as that's a people's that. point, though. That's the I point. I understand that, that but, but it's nepotism, and they think that he's, he's the, they're probably right. He's qualified. But so, what people are probably hoping. It's a disservice that he's related to. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, God. People are probably hoping that they're giving them. Uh, balanced advice and not being like a yes person or because it's his daughter, he's not blowing off whatever she's saying. You know what I mean? But he's blowing off everybody, though. We think, I think because of his daughter. So maybe that actually, maybe everybody. it's better that she is his daughter. Maybe he listens no, to her more. No, he definitely does not you listen know, I'm to actually her. a very honest guy. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. He <laughs> yeah, doesn't. Right. He doesn't, Hashtag yeah, right. He doesn't. He you doesn't know, speaking of that, I have a question. I have a question for Matt because you've, you've spoken yes. and yes. taken up the, all the airtime. But a lot of people now say that we've kind of lost our way as a country, you mm-hmm. know. And so as Fourth of July approaches, 
Do you think that we've maintained some of our values? Do you think we've gone astray? Do you, you think we're on a good track, a bad track, or what do you think? I, I think we've we've gone we've gone astray. At least again, having been outside the country so much and then coming back, and you see the divisiveness going on. I I I, I truly think, you know, while we just were talking about foreign policy threats and threats from North Korea or Iran. I think one of the greatest threats. I don't. I don't think they'll ever defeat America. The only people that'll defeat America are Americans. Or ourselves. Yes. And 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 that's the greatest threat that I that I see going on. Mm-hmm. And again, we're getting so just fixated on these these small little things, and we're blowing them up um, and making them like they're they're do or, do or die when when they're not. And you forget about them. You know, just a just a few moments or a few days or a few weeks later. Right, but we've wasted all that time on it yeah. and not and you, solved and you, the real And you've gotten problem. your emotions up so right. high. Right. And um, that's very that's very dangerous. And it's and it's something that I, I wish there's a number of people I know, some retired generals I know who are trying to kind of uh, put forward ideas of national service and, and trying to get more younger people, more Americans, not just younger people, involved in national service, paid national service. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. So that you're able to share that common sense of camaraderie, of mission, of purpose um, that uh, I think a lot of people are missing right now. And I, I know, you know, I was always interested in, in, in serving in some form of fashion. I didn't know what it would be, um, but I'm immensely proud of that. And it's something that I, I wish that more people could, and not necessarily go into Iraq or Afghanistan or go into a war zone, but being able to take part in their own their own community in a constructive yeah. way. But also, I, yeah, I mean, you have, a, you have a very interesting vantage point, but I just wish there was a way, I mean, I'm not, I've never been in a war zone, I've never yeah. been, but I've traveled a little bit outside of the country, and every time I come back, I think, this is a really great place. You could literally do whatever you want to do here. You could be whatever you want to be. And I think people have like a very negative they're kind of like Debbie Downer as it relates to our country. And it's like the greatest place to ever be born right. or live. It still we is. are so Absolutely. lucky. And yeah, I just wish people would would love on it a little more. It, it makes me a little bit sad. But the the divisiveness going on in between, you know, all of our politicians is not helping us. And I think we just look bad and I was saying this on an earlier podcast, weak to outside forces. You know, I think when we're arguing and distracted by our own internal, you know, fights, they're like, oh, Let's just like totally run over these people with a truck because they're not even paying attention. They're yeah. too busy infighting. So I just think, it, you know, from an outsider's point of view, we look small and, and weak and vulnerable. But um, that also brings up like a technology thing. So did you see, I, I don't know if you've been, I, I haven't, I hadn't seen this till Neil pointed it out, but there's um, a group on Facebook that it's, it was a private group supposedly of um, border control agents who are basically online making fun of the people that they take into custody. Oh, really? Um, and saying really derogatory and negative things um, about them. And they even call themselves, what is it, the 1015 or something, which means that you have an illegal um, in detainee. Your, yeah, detainee. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about that? Are there people that are on the inside who are rooting against us? I, well, there's there's a reason why I'm not on any social media, right? Because I find a lot, of, and it's, it's a not huge to discount your your your. Well, I'm not either. Issue. That's why I had to read. Right? It is that is that? Uh, you know, I'm I'm not, I'm not on any of that stuff, and yep. I think these are issues that uh, I mean I don't know if they're are they officials or are they just people or no they're I mean they're government employees they're they're people yeah. who supposedly work for the CBP I don't know. I, I know one of the again I'm only equating this to to my own experience and one of the problems that that we had um America in in war zones was then degrading detainees um and right. a lot of that could be was a, 
was because there was lack of training and there was a lack of oversight. Um, and those things were. It's also like a power thing, I think. Yeah. I see and, and sometimes it happens with you know police or whatever. Right. When you hear about these stories, it's like they get this boost of a like this power boost. Yeah, like a machismo sort right, of thing. Right. And um, I, I I view that as a lack of leadership um, at the local level um, and not being able to kind of help provide the, provide that sort of leadership. And I think this is one of the the challenges you have if you're trying to increase. You know, people in that with that sort of authority is that with authority comes responsibility, and it also comes you have to have certain education and training that goes along, and that's something that I learned from the military. And again, I've never been in the military, um, but you've seen that sort of discipline that's been instilled, and this is particularly post Abu Ghraib when 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 uh, the military went through a very very difficult time. But I think it was one that they had to go through in order to then put in the uh, the regulations that they needed to correct that problem, mm-hmm. and. Um, I, that was that was the the right thing to do, and maybe that's something where lessons learned can be taken from earlier mistakes that we've done in order to mitigate that. Because, yeah. you know, degrading detainees, I think is there's there shouldn't be any place for that. If they're detained, deal with the issue at hand. Um, but there needs to be proper training in order yeah. to carry that out. Yeah, and some sort of punishment if people are found out. I know it sounds like elementary yeah. school, but you know you can't be doing that. That's a human. So what do you have to say? You're so quiet. He's like. She shut me down. I'm listening to the conversation. No, I, I just wanted to ask a few questions. I was curious, and get, get so I Matt's, did. Get Matt's take on the Twitter situation. <laughs> World leaders are breaking rules on Twitter all the time. Yeah, I, I, okay, I, I, violating I, the policies, right? Trump's bullying people. Yeah, but there's also dictators, and Bolsonaro's doing it, and blah blah. But right, but so it's like the First Amendment I mean, do, thing. Do you, what do you what do you think of the whole Twitter thing of like silencing? He just said he's not on social media. I'm not. I know he's on not on it. I'm asking what he thinks of it though. I, We're gonna get to the sex thing in a second, man. Okay, so <laughs> I will to, blow you out of the yeah. water. I'll <laughs> let Neil talk about that one when, when it all comes up. I thought it said I will blow you. I was like, oh my god. No. I, could, could we shorten that, Neil, and make it make it a fake <laughs> news podcast? <laughs> <laughs> could we say I will blow, and then all of a sudden you'll say you, and you'll like patch it in there for me? No, I say look, you. Red, look at how red you're going, Neil. Look at how red you are. And I do Jesus say that. Christ. And we don't want we don't want are, a fake you, podcast you are, here. You are redder than the red light on my <laughs> microphone. Fake podcast. There's a whole new medium. Oh my up. god. Fake podcast. Fake my po- wife promised to blow me on this <gasps> podcast. Oh my god. That, that's sexual not, escapades. <laughs> No, is that bad? I hope no one he in our family is listening. I hope nobody <laughs> that is related to us by blood is listening to this. My uncle John just fainted. Your uncle John just fainted. He needs a defib. Yeah. Uncle John, relax. Okay, no, it's okay because he not told me. Okay. No, it's okay. My uncle John told me last week I had lunch with him after our podcast, and he told me that he just had cataract surgery and he couldn't have sex for f- six weeks. So I was like, okay. Thank you. You Thanks couldn't have for sex. Me. For no collusion. So the good news is that he's having collusion right now. Well, the There's good news no is he won't be having any collusion in our house. And Do you know Hamptons. how dead you are right now? Why? That, like you're talking about obstruction and collusion with Aunt Eileen and Uncle John. Oh but my they're, God! Right? They're not going to bang it out in our Southampton. <gasps> no, house? they can't because he just had the cataract. Okay. Okay, Done. Uncle Ooh. John. If, Uncle John, if you're listening, <laughs> I know nervous. you're horrified. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give note to Melania. I'm going to I'm going to give out your social security number here in a second as well. I mean, you're unbelievable, babe. Today oh, you're in fuego. Shoot, is that okay. all covered under healthcare? I don't know if that's covered. In <laughs> oh my god. So so let's forget the Twitter thing. The, <laughs> yeah, let's the, let's talk about sexting. The, the sexting. Okay, the kids are sexting each other. Neil, then this they is ghost all you, man. each other. 
uh, older the teens kids. are sexting, the sexually. What do you think? I said you're sending dick pics. <laughs> they're sending videos over to mobile phones. You know about dick pics, right? I have never sent a dick pic. Oh. And here she's starting in again. Okay, <laughs> on the Bible and my five kids. I've never sent a. Dick. No, I've never sent a dick pic because I work in a regulated industry. I have never done an, a trade. I have no personal account. I would never send a dick pic. So, have you ever gotten a dick pic from me? You have never oh, got a dick pic from me. Okay. Why are you shaking your head? Okay. I've no. I mean, I've may have had. This was like in the face, BlackBerry days. I think face you deleted them. Get right? the hell out of here! I, I may have had FaceTiming issues with you that were so <laughs> I think yes, he should stay where he is. <laughs> <laughs> How about Trump saying that? Right? I think yeah, they should stay where uh, he's giggling. I told you why. Told me why. Oh so, my god, she's a relentless person. You have no idea what they're relentless. I find this fascinating. These, do you these, know? This, this, do you know that like if we're ever you know talking about sponsors, Right Guard should be a sponsor because I never know what the hell she's going to say, <laughs> and I start to develop sweat under the underarms. Okay, go ahead. To ask him the sexting question. Go ahead. What? What about it? The, the, what's the question? That should you, people so do, do it, you, not no, do no. it? No, no, the question is, I mean, do you think this is healthy, that kids are sexting each other like this? You're asking me this? sending dick pics, yeah. I, I, would have to, I would have to say no. Um, I, I never really thought about it. I mean... <laughs> why would you? Why, exactly. <laughs> like, why would you? Have you ever sent I'll, a, I'll just say no. Have I, you ever I, sent I, a dick no. pic, Matt? Or you wanna, can you confirm or deny that? Have you ever <laughs> oh, <laughs> This All is right. this is like you, Trump you, doctrine. You, you, Keep them guessing. You know what's yeah, going exactly. on. What's going on? Just don't the, answer. Don't, don't answer. But you already, an, already answered it with your face. <laughs> See, you know that was a shot at you. What he just said with the Tim Apple because you're like red like an apple. No, but he's you not. you are the reddest person. Well, you're sweating under your armpits. I I'm, sweat I'm on my sweating face. Sweating my armpits because Steve Scaramucci. <laughs> the is a only ball reason he's sweating under his armpits is because he knows what I'm saying is true, and he's busted. So, oh my God! Anyway, it's never ending. who sweats over something you know, they're not nervous about? Do you know that her friends cheer her on for this podcast? I'm sure. Do you know that this is like a husband bashing seminar? <laughs> this is like she's going to get an honorary de- degree from like husband bashing. Oh, you university. know what? I okay, better you know say happy birthday to Kim on the podcast because today's her 40th birthday. You know she listens every week and she'll be so mad at me. Okay, Kim okay. Green, that oh, is. Are you allowed to Kim use Sanzone. the name? You're allowed to use the name in her? Yes. Okay, so you're saying happy birthday to her? Not to be confused with any other Kim. Kim, happy birthday. It's nonstop. Happy nonstop. birthday, Kim. Yeah, see, that Matt's saying happy birthday. <laughs> okay. Neil, you're not going to say happy birthday? You're happy rude. birthday, Kim. You're a rude, Kim Neil. Sanzone. You're a very rude person. All right, we're going to wrap this up. I want to switch to another fun thing. What is it? Okay. Um, and I know I, I know you're not super political, so I'm not going to ask you a super political question. It's okay. But I just want to ask about you the, about the Betsy yeah. Ross That's shoes. a good one. So they came out with a Betsy Ross flag shoe for Independence Nike Day. Did. Nike did. Nike. Mm-hmm. We talked about this and, a little bit. And uh, their spokesperson, Colin Kaepernick, said that this shoe is racist because it has the American flag on it. And so Nike shipped this patriotic sneaker. And it was inspired by the Betsy Ross flag. I think we need to ship Colin flag. Kaepernick to Afghanistan so for like a month. So why would a massive and then company bend to one be person's political that. agenda? It, what's, what's unfortunate, I think, and this gets to a wider issue, is how everyone seems to be using this for marketing purposes, particularly around the 4th of July when, when our focus and our efforts should be on something else. Mm-hmm. It's something that brings us together as opposed to something that divides us. And again, it goes back to, to marketing. And it's, it's, it's deeply unfortunate that people aren't, aren't 
that their hearts aren't on, in someplace else. Mm-hmm. So I, I personally think that Nike has made a bet. They don't care about rich, white, affluent people. They care about black inner city youth. Mm-hmm. And they've made a decision that they're going in that direction. If you look at the, love what I'm doing. If, if you look at the share price, it, it looks like it's working for them. But I think they're making a bad, bad mistake. They should figure out a way to become more inclusive. Yep. It would be better and more corporate responsibility, in my mind, to become more exclusive. I thought Michael Jordan had the, the right response to saying, hey, Republicans and oh, Democrats yeah. buy he, like he, the best. And I'm like, yeah. yep, there best, you go. Very good common sense. So there's a listener uh, No, but can I just say something? That just speaks to what we were talking about, like where people – are so missing the point about the country and coming together and the camaraderie and like how people felt, which we should never have to witness another tragedy like 9-11 again, but remember the vibe that it was like America strong. Like you didn't want to hurt your fellow American. I know this sounds cheesy and stuff, but why now are we all, all we do is try to rip the place down. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you need to get some perspective. He really, he's making, he made millions of dollars throwing a football. You don't do that in any other country. Where are you going to go and make that money? And where are you going to have that platform where you could say anything you want yep. about anyone you want at any time? Nowhere. So, like, think what you're, we all know what happened and we all, we would love to change history, but we can't, but we should make it better going forward. And acting like that, it's never going to get better. So I just think he has no perspective, honestly. And he's like speaking to people who are going to jump on his bandwagon and then they're going to be misinformed. You know what I'm saying? And it's just very negative. Okay, I, I, Don't agree, you agree? With, I agree with everything that you just when said. When you go babe. and you work 10 years uh, in the Middle East, then maybe you have better perspective on the flag being on your shoe for the Fourth of July. You know what I'm saying? I mean, all the soldiers had their flag on their on their on their shoulders, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, we all Even we then, all fought for that for that flag. And yeah, and look, God but then us. again, right. they, they but you see, this is the beauty of the American military. I love so much. They fought for the flag and also for the right to Nike to freedom, mm-hmm. free speech, and to express them the way that they want. We can now. Use our free speech to disagree with them. There's a, uh, a question being asked. What advice do you have for high school or college graduates in becoming employees of the State Department or Department of Defense in today's economy? By the way, Charlotte Coolidge is always, she's a very she's loyal a boss. listener. She's a boss. Yeah. I like she Charlotte She has very Coolidge. thoughtful tweets. Yeah, because she's, you know, she's just, she's Thanks cool. for listening to us, Yeah, Charlotte. thanks, Charlotte. So the question was for Matt. No, so my, yeah. my advice would be, you know, if you're, if you're, I grew up in a family that had great discussion around the dinner table, and we talked about current events. You know, what'd you learn today? What's going on? Um, and uh, and we'd all have those discussions, and we we'd read newspapers and magazines, and and, and again, it was a, a thoughtful discussion that we had, and that gave me the initial interest in international relations and what was going on. And so, as a result, that's what I studied in. I studied history, and then I studied international relations in college and grad school, and um, it. I always knew that I wanted to serve the country in some form or fashion. I just didn't know what form it would be. And I would deeply encourage people who are younger or even if they're a bit older to consider working in the State Department, consider working in DOD, the civilian or in uniform, consider looking at the CIA as well, Um, or to being able just to kind of take part in other sort of community efforts where they're able to kind of, again, have that and, and contribute towards that sense of community. Because if anything, America needs that sort of participation involvement now more so than ever. Mm-hmm. The thing that people forget totally is doing agree. stuff for people makes you feel so much better than not doing stuff yeah. for people. There's another listener question, just bringing it up quickly. The Chinese 
super tied to North Korea, where they're like a satellite state of North Korea, and so we can't get the nuclear deal done without the trade deal, or what do you think? I suspect there's probably some coupling that goes on there. I mean, definitely North Korea gets is sustained by China because their their economy has been so insular. Um, so I would, and again, I don't know particularly, I'm, I'm, but I'm sure that in the negotiations we've been having with China, that North Korea has definitely been on the periphery, if not involved, more directly. And um, I'm sure that we've relied on China to some degree to intervene with North Korea um, because of the influence they have. So yeah, they are they deeply intertwined for our negotiation purposes? I don't think it's deep, but I definitely think it's it's important. So it's something you have to keep in consideration. Okay, so you know when Everyone you get is. when you get married and you start your podcast, Matt and the Misses, <laughs> Deirdre and I are going to come on. Okay. No, his is going to be the Shermanator and the She. The Shermanator and the She. No, <laughs> not like She. Like, like Neil. S-A-G. Regardless, you'll be the producer yeah. of everything. Neil, so. Neil, my you an- don't like that. Neil, my anniversary is coming up. Okay, I'm hoping to get some collusion. I'm hoping to get, <laughs> when is your anniversary? I'm hoping not to get July blown. 11th. I'm hoping not 11th. to get. My parents are the sixth. I'm hoping oh, not nice. to get blown. My brother's the sixth. I'm hoping not to get blown <laughs> out of blown the out water. water. <laughs> Let me just say it again with the right <laughs> dictation. I'm hoping not to get blown. Out of the water, Neil. Blown. Okay. This is going to be cut up. Okay. 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 You're not, not going to cut it. You're not going to start talking about your sex life. You better cut this thing. Yeah, no, we'll be All back right. on. Which one um, are you talking about? We'll be back with you. What? Mrs. Yeah, Caru- more than one Mrs. Sex Caruso, life? I know you're listening. Neil is a very horny kid, okay? I just want to oh, make sure you know that, okay? I find it a little horrifying. Look at that. No, I, find it, I find it a little horrifying, too, but I just let you know that he's very horny, okay? <laughs> oh I can gosh. see his tail wagging from here, okay? <laughs> Oh, if happy someone said that July. about one of my sons, I would vomit. <laughs> ha- anyway, happy 4th of July. July. <laughs> we'll see you next Tuesday. Mooch and the Misses. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.